Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, if I were to ask you this morning, what is Thanksgiving Day all about? What would you say? Probably you would say something like this, Thanksgiving Day is meant to be a day in which we especially remember to thank God for His blessings upon us. Also and especially for the blessing of the harvest. That's a good answer. That's, that is what the day is, is meant to be all about. But is, is that what Thanksgiving Day is all about for us? Is Thanksgiving Day about remembering to thank God for His blessings on us? Or, or is it more about other things? That's a, an, important, an important, a valid question. You see, the reality is that for many, Thanksgiving Day is simply a special holiday. A day when you maybe don't have to work or you don't have to go to school. A day when you can get together with family. A day where you can enjoy a special meal, maybe even some turkey or something like that. And all of those things, of course, are fine and and they're good. And we may enjoy those things, absolutely. They're blessings from God. But but for many people, that's all today is. There is no or at least hardly any giving of thanks to God for the blessings He has given. There might not even be any thought of God at all. That is, that is what characterizes our nation in, in general today. Now, you might be tempted to think, well, that's not our problem. After all, we're here in church. And that's true. We are in church. And we're here, we're in church to think about God and to thank God. But you know, we can be in church even on Thanksgiving Day and not really or truly be giving thanks to God. We can be in church because that's just what we always do. On Thanksgiving Day, or that's just what our family always does. And that's not a bad thing, of course. But the question is are we people who are truly giving thanks to God? Not just today, but, but every day. See, by nature, we don't do that. By nature, apart from the grace of God, we don't give thanks to Him. Giving thanks to God and even to other people is something we need to be taught. And urge to do. Think about it. Our children don't grow up automatically thanking God for His blessings. They don't grow up automatically thanking you, mom and dad, for all that you do for them, do they? It'd be nice if they did, but they don't. And and we were no different when we were younger. We have to encourage, we have to urge our children to say thank you to God and to say thank you to others. We have to teach them to give thanks, both by our own instructions and by our own example. True thanksgiving isn't natural to us. Even as Christians, it can be a struggle. We are prone even as Christians, to think and live as if we deserve, as if we're entitled to all the blessings we we, we enjoy. We are prone to take the blessings that we have received and, 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 and to enjoy them to the full, but neglect to thank the one who gave them to us. How often when we pray and God answers our prayers the way we, we, we asked him to, how often do we remember to give thanks to him? And even when we do remember to thank him, how often do we do it simply because, well, we know that's what we're supposed to do. 
how quick are we to forget all Christ's, God's benefits to us. True thanksgiving can be a struggle in all kinds of ways and for all kinds of reasons. It may be even your own personal circumstances that are difficult, or it could be as you look around at the world and you look at all the wars and everything that's going on, how can we be thankful? But our passage this morning, Luke 17, verses 11 to 19, addresses this struggle. The passage tells us how Christ cleansed ten lepers, but it especially highlights the thanksgiving of the one leper who returned in contrast to the other nine. And in doing that, it's really encouraging us and it's urging us all to true thanksgiving. So that's what we hope to see with with God's help this morning as we look at the thanksgiving of of the Samaritan leper and Christ's response to it. Our theme is Christ's cleansing of the leper urges us to true thanksgiving. We'll see, first of all, how essential true thanksgiving is. Secondly, how Christ-exalting true thanksgiving is. And thirdly, how blessed how blessed true thanksgiving is. Well, what's happening? What's happening in these verses? Christ is on his way to Jerusalem. He's on his way to the cross. And he knows it. He knows that's where he's headed. But on the way, as he's passing through the midst of, of Samaria and Galilee, north of, north of Jerusalem, he enters a village. And as he's, he's walking down the road and coming closer to the village, we may assume with his disciples, ten men meet him, but they don't come right up to him. They, they stand a distance away. They stand afar off. Do you know why, children? Why do these men stand afar off? Well, it's because they were lepers. They had leprosy. And leprosy in the Bible times was a, was a terrible skin disease. If you had leprosy, you might get deep swelling sores that could spread on the body. Your skin could become discolored, and you could even have areas of raw flesh. But the worst thing about leprosy is that if you had it, the priest, you would have to go to the priest, and the priest would pronounce you unclean. That meant you were banished from the people of God, and you were banished from the presence of God, from the place where he had put his name, from the place of worship. You were an outcast, essentially. You couldn't live with your family anymore. You couldn't go to the temple to worship God. You, you couldn't come near other people. Because that would make them, if, if they touched you in any way, that would make them unclean. So, so that's why these men, they, they, they don't come all the way to Jesus. They stand afar off, but then they lift up their voice, we're told. They lifted up their voices so he could hear them. And they cried out to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What were they hoping for? They were hoping Jesus would see their misery, that he would see the the, the leprosy that afflicted them, and that he would show mercy, that he would have compassion on them and heal them. And he did, didn't he? Verse 14 says that when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priest. That's what the Old Testament law required, cleansed lepers to do to go show themselves to the priest he hadn't cleansed them yet but he told them to go show themselves to the priest his words were basically a promise of his healing and the lepers trusted that promise they went and verse 14 says that as they went they were cleansed imagine imagine what that must have been like 
be walking on the way to Jerusalem, having heard Jesus' words, and all of a sudden you, you see yourself, you, you see your skin all of a sudden that was, was discolored and, and that was raw flesh, all, all of a sudden it's all healthy again. It's all perfectly good skin. Imagine the surprise and the relief and the joy they must have felt when they discovered that they had been healed. Just try to imagine, imagine this is the road here and they're walking down, down this road and, and, and they see that they've been healed. And they keep going. But then wait a minute, one, one of them, he's turning around and he's coming back. And what's he doing? He's, he's, did he forget something? No, listen, he's praising, he's, he's, he's loudly glorifying God. And as he comes, he comes up to the Lord Jesus and, and, and what does he do? He falls down on on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. The Samaritan, Luke adds, he's a Samaritan. And how does the Lord Jesus respond? By the way, what a beautiful picture of true thanksgiving, isn't it? True thanksgiving, what's involved in true thanksgiving? What's involved is glorifying God and humbling ourselves. That's true thanksgiving. But how does the Lord Jesus respond? Well, look at verse 17. He says, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger? What does this teach us, congregation? It teaches us how essential true thanksgiving is. You see, for one thing, true thanksgiving, as I mentioned already, glorifies God. The passage says twice that the healed leper glorified God. When he saw that he had been healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorifying God. And the Lord Jesus himself says of him that he gave glory to God. That's what true thanksgiving does. It honors God. Wherever there is true thanksgiving, God is being glorified. And wherever there's no thanksgiving, no true thanksgiving, God is not being glorified. You see, the two are connected. We see that in Romans 1, verse 21, too. It describes fallen, unconverted people there as those that knew God, but did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful. You see, they're connected. Not being thankful to God for His blessings is connected to dishonoring God. And doesn't that by itself make true thanksgiving so essential? After all, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That's what God made us to do. That's His purpose, both in creation and in redemption, in salvation. His purpose is that we should glorify and magnify Him, that we should bring honor and glory and, 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 and ascribe to Him all of that, to God. And that means that when we do not give thanks to God for His blessings, it's a serious thing. It's not just impolite. It's sin. It's sin. A sin really of omission. It's no surprise, of course, when people from the world, people who've maybe never been brought up in church or who've never been taught about God, it's, it's, no surpri- it's not surprising when they don't give thanks to God. It's sad. It's still sin, but it's, it's not surprising. But when people who, like the lepers in our passage, have experienced, have tasted something of the power of God in their lives, when they've been taught that, they, that they've, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, 
and with people who even confess faith in Jesus Christ don't give thanks to God. That is a serious thing because it means we're not glorifying God. And if we're not glorifying God, if we're not honoring Him, we're not doing what He calls us to do. We're not living as Christians because the Christian's calling is to glorify God. You have been bought with a price, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6. Therefore, glorify God. But if we're not giving thanks to Him, we're not doing that. Let us beware, congregation. Let us beware of being like the nine lepers. Let us beware of the sin of not giving thanks. Now, I know it can be hard to give thanks sometimes. I know it can be hard. And yet every blessing, even the smallest blessing, is reason to give thanks to God. And if we have been cleansed spiritually, if we have been forgiven of our sins, then that is reason to thank God no matter what happens, no matter what happens in our lives. We need to take hold of our souls. We need to say to them, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. True thanksgiving is essential because it glorifies God. And the Lord clearly expects that of us. He expects us to glorify Him and to give thanks to Him. You, you see that in Christ's response, don't you? When the Samaritan falls on his face at Christ's feet, giving him thanks, what is the first thing Jesus says? In verse 17, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? What does that tell us, congregation? They tell us that He expects us to give thanks. In verse 18, reinforces that in our versions it's translated as a statement. There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. But it could also be translated as another question. Something like, were there not found any others returning to give glory to God except this foreigner? But either way, the point is clear. The Lord Jesus was surprised, as it were, in his humanity. He was surprised. He was disappointed. He was troubled that only one returned to give glory to God. The Lord expects us to give thanks. When we have received blessings from God, and all of us have, congregation, all of us have, we owe Him our thanksgiving. After all, we don't deserve a single one of them, really. All the good things we may enjoy from the smallest to the greatest of them are undeserved blessings from God. What we really deserve by nature, left to ourselves, God's Word tells us, is death, hell, God's wrath, the blessings God has given us also this past year and also this past growing season are gifts of mercy. They're gifts of mercy. Even the least blessing is a gift of His mercy. That's why in Psalm 103 we, we, we read and we confess with the psalmist, He has not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. We owe Him. We owe him. That's why we owe him our thanksgiving. Christ's cleansing of the leper urges us to true thanksgiving. It shows us that it, that it is essential. Congregation, God has given us many blessings this past year, also with the harvest. Yes, I know it's been a, more, a, challenge, a bit more challenging year. It's not been as good of a harvest as some other years. 
But still, he's given us a harvest, and he's given us many other blessings. Let's not just enjoy them, but let us return and glorify him. Let us give him thanks, and not just today, but every day. That's what he calls and he expects us to do. Let let it not be that Christ has to save us. Where are the nine? Where are you? No, let us not be like those nine who never return, but let us, by the grace and the help of God, be people who truly give thanks to God because true thanksgiving is essential. But it not only is essential, it also exalts Christ. And this is our second point, how Christ-exalting true thanksgiving is. When the leper saw that he had been miraculously healed, what did he do? Verse 16, he didn't just glorify God with a loud voice. He turned back and he fell down on his face at the feet of who? At the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And then Luke adds this interesting point, that this leper was a Samaritan. What, What this tells this congregation is that true thanksgiving exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. It exalts him as the one through whom God blesses us. It exalts Jesus Christ as the mediator of the blessings of God, as the channel through whom the blessings of God come. When the leper was healed, he he recognized not only that God had healed him, but that he had healed him, he had cleansed him through Jesus Christ. And that's why he went back and he threw himself on the ground in front of Jesus, thanking him for what he had done, for his mercy, for his mercy, which he had shown to him. The healed leper exalted Christ as the mediator, as the one through whom God had given the blessing of healing. And so will we. So will we. When we offer true thanksgiving to God, because you see, the only way we can receive blessings from God is through Christ. That's the only way. Because by nature, we are, under, we are under God's curse. We have broken his law, all of us. And therefore, we are unclean in God's sight and unacceptable to him, just like those lepers were. We don't deserve the least of God's mercies. And God's mercy, God is merciful, but his mercy cannot cancel out his justice. And that means that there is only one way we can receive blessings from God truly as blessings. And that way is through his Son. Through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the one of whom God has said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. I am well pleased, because he is well pleased with him, because his son Jesus Christ is acceptable to the Father, that's why. Because Christ suffered the curse, because he came and he took the curse, He, he, he was, all blessing was taken away from him. And as he took the curse in the place of sinners, in the place of his people, as he hung on the cross, that's why God can bless us. Isn't that one reason why Ephesians 5 calls us to give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because it all comes through him. Every blessing God gives you, He gives through and for the sake of his son, not just your spiritual blessings, dear believer, but also your earthly blessings. Do you realize that? And even in a sense to those of you who are here and and not converted, even the earthly blessings he gives you 
are through Christ in a sense. They're because of Christ. You don't realize it. But it's true. The blessings you enjoy, good health, loving family, business success, whatever else, are because of Christ, because of what He did, and because He is on the throne, and He is reigning, and He has a purpose. He has a purpose. The reason why this world is still here, why you are still here, is because He is gathering His church. The reason if you are unconverted here this morning, the reason you enjoy any earthly blessing at all is only because of Christ. And he doesn't owe you his blessings. They can be taken away in an instant. And one day, today is a day of grace, but one day the day of grace will be over. You will stand before him and you will hear him pronouncing his sentence upon you, condemning you forever to suffer the curse of God. Do you realize? Do you realize that all that you have, all that you have been given from God are, is, a, is really a call to you? It's a call to, to, to put your trust in Jesus, to be converted, to look to him in faith, to be reconciled to God. Because it's only through being reconciled to God that you can receive not only blessings in this life, but eternal blessings forever. So come to Christ. Come to Christ in repentance and faith and then thank Him. Like this cleansed leper did after he was cleansed. Come to Him, return your thanks to Him. Exalt Him as the one through whom God blesses you. Every blessing comes through Christ for His sake. When we are truly thankful, We recognize that. We acknowledge that. We give thanks not only to God the Father, but also to His Son, Jesus Christ. Dear fellow Christian, do you do that? We don't always do it as we should, do we? That's why true thanksgiving is sometimes so weak and sometimes so small in our lives because it's so easy for us to subtly start thinking and living as if we are somehow worthy of God's blessing. That's why we need this reminder as we learn from the Samaritans' thanksgiving here. But it is Christ. He is the one through whom God blesses us. He is the mediator of God's blessing to us. When we recognize that, when we exalt Christ, we fall at his feet on our face and we give him thanks. Because he is so worthy. We exalt him. Not only then as the mediator of God's blessings, but also as the Almighty Savior. You see, true thanksgiving, what does true thanksgiving reveal? It reveals the saving power of Jesus Christ. When you are truly thankful, that's not your own work. That is God's work, the the fruit of Christ's saving work. What made the tenth leper any different from the nine lepers that just went on their way, that took the gift of healing and forgot the giver, forgot the healer? What made the the, ninth, the tenth leper different. It wasn't anything at him. It was the saving work, the saving power of Christ at work in his life. And Luke highlights this by pointing out that this man was a Samaritan. And Christ calls him a, a stranger, a foreigner. He wasn't a Jew, you see. He wasn't part of the covenant people. He was an outsider. And yet the Samaritan returned, this outsider returned, glorifying God to give thanks to Jesus. What does that tell us? It tells us the saving power of Jesus Christ is just so great. He doesn't just save Jews. He saves Samaritans. Yes, he even saves Gentiles like you and like me, like most of us are, if not all of us. Because that is the only thing 
beloved, that can make anyone, whether they're a Jew or a Samaritan or a Canadian, it's only Christ's saving power that can make us truly thankful to God. That's what the Samaritan's thanksgiving points to. It reminds me, it reminds me of what it says in Isaiah 49 about Christ as a servant of the Lord. In Isaiah 49, verse 6, the Lord says to Christ, It is a light thing, a small thing, that thou shouldst be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. That's what's happening here in Luke 17. God is giving Christ for a light to the Samaritan. He's giving Christ for, for, for a light to a man outside the Jewish community, outside the covenant congregation, that Christ might be the Lord's salvation to him. That is the only thing, beloved, that can tr explain true thanksgiving. It's that Christ has become our salvation. Has he become your salvation? Oh, what a Savior. So freely offered to the whole world, to all who hear. Christ, true thanksgiving, exalts Jesus Christ as the almighty Savior. When we are Christians and things are well with us spiritually, we'll, we will recognize that. We will admit that. We won't boast about how much thanksgiving we're, 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 how much thanks we're giving or how much thanks we're showing. No, but we will give all the glory to Christ. We will thank Him even for the fact that we are thanking Him. It's all His work, you see. It's all His work. We will exalt Him as the Almighty Savior. True thanksgiving, oh, how Christ-exalting it is. Isn't that so instructive for us? Also, this Thanksgiving Day is the way you are giving thanks today, exalting Christ, how worthy He is. And what a motivation that is and what an encouragement that is to true thankfulness because a Christian wants to glorify, he wants to exalt Christ. But notice with me one more thing from our passage about true thanksgiving. Not only how essential and how Christ-exalting it is, but also thirdly, thirdly, how blessed it is. Look here at verse 19. After expressing disappointment that only one returned to give glory to God, what happens? Verse 19. And Jesus said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. More literally, he says, thy faith has saved thee. Isn't that incredible? The man had been cleansed by Christ and he had, he had come to give him thanks, but Christ, Christ sent him off with an even greater blessing. It just goes to show, doesn't it, how blessed, how blessed true thanksgiving is. It, it testifies to having true faith. Did you notice that? Jesus speaks of the man's faith. Why? Because true thanksgiving is the fruit of faith. Maybe you remember that catechism question and answer from a couple Sundays ago. Question 64 asked the question, doesn't justification by faith alone make men careless and profane? And the answer was this, by no means. For it is impossible that those who are implanted into Christ by a true faith should not bring forth fruits of thankfulness. And so here the Lord Jesus, 
he sees this Samaritan at his feet giving him thanks and he, and he sees that that is a fruit. He, he sees that it points to the reality, the genuineness of his faith. And so he speaks of his faith. What a blessing it is when we are truly thankful to God for his blessings. When we don't just take the blessings that he gives us and, 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 and go on our merry way with them that testifies, that bears witness to the genuineness of our faith, that shows, that shows that we're not just along for the ride, we're not just here for the benefits that Christ gives like the other nine lepers were, but we're interested in, we're trusting in Christ himself. That's what our text is saying. But also then because of that, because true thanksgiving testifies, testifies to having true faith, it also leads to a wonderful assurance of salvation. Jesus says to the man, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has saved thee. Christ is not just speaking about his being healed from leprosy here, congregation. No, that had already happened. This expression, thy faith has made thee whole, is speaking about something deeper. It's speaking about the healing of the man's internal leprosy, the much more dangerous, much more unclean leprosy, his sin and corruption. And Jesus doesn't only point to the man's faith. He says that your faith has saved you. By your faith you are saved. He gives the man assurance of salvation. Now, of course, we don't have Jesus here with us to tell us that to us, but it's no less true, congregation. When we are truly giving thanks, not just today, but constantly, that is a reason to be assured of our salvation. Because that wouldn't be there. That would not be there. Part from the work of Christ. Do you see, congregation, what an encouragement this is to have and to increase in true thanksgiving? Do you have? Do you have this thanksgiving? If not, then what you need to do is not first to try and, try and go and be thankful. But what you need to do is, first of all, to go to Christ, to confess your sins, to confess your need of Him, to cast yourself on Him alone for your salvation. To trust in Him for cleansing from your spiritual leprosy, your sin, your uncleanness. And He will cleanse you. That is His promise to all. That whoever comes to Him will be cleansed. Their sins will be forgiven and washed away. And, they, they, they will be in, and if any man is in Christ, they will be a new creation. And then, and then out of that, because you are made a new creation, then you come in thankfulness, truly thankful to God and to Christ. And you who, have, who are here and have true thanksgiving, who are truly thankful for all that God has given you this morning, realizing that it's all in and through and because of Christ. This passage warrants you Take encouragement. Take encouragement. And it calls you to also to grow in true thanksgiving. Because don't you want to be sure of your salvation? Oh, may we grow in, in that thanksgiving. Congregation, God has blessed us in so many ways this past season and year. Let us not be 
like the nine unthankful lepers. Let's not just enjoy the blessings that God has given. No, Christ's cleansing of the lepers urges us to true thanksgiving. So let's return then to give glory to God and to give Him thanks, to give His Son, Jesus Christ, thanks today and every day. Because true thanksgiving is essential. It exalts Christ and it is richly and graciously blessed. That is the way to have a truly blessed thanksgiving. Amen. We now come before the Lord in prayer and we will thank Him for His many blessings to us and do so seeking His help also to do it in truth and in sincerity. O gracious and heavenly Father, Lord God, we've heard your word this morning and we confess how often we can be like the nine lepers. And when it is any different, it is only because the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and lives. And so Lord, we, we confess our our tendency to be unthankful. And we pray that you would forgive us, and that you would help us also to grow in thanksgiving. That you would work true thanksgiving, work faith, Lord, and work the fruit of faith in our hearts and lives. And so, Lord, as we have considered this, we also want to come before you now to, to give you thanks as a congregation for many of your blessings, all the blessings that we have received. It is good to give thanks and to sing praises to thy name, O Most High, to declare thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. For, Lord, thou hast made us glad through thy work. We will triumph in the works of thy hands. We say that with the psalmist, Lord. We confess with him how great are thy works. Thy thoughts are very deep. We want to reflect for these moments on your works that you have worked also in our midst and for us. To reflect upon our, your blessings that we, you have given to us. How many reasons we have to give thanks. Help us. Help us to be truly thankful. We give thanks, Father, for the blessing of the, this year's harvest, for causing the crops to grow we sang it earlier of how you provide even the seed and all that is a gift from your hand. We plant and we water, but you, O oh Lord, give the increase. And so we give thanks that there could be a harvest. And though it has not been the best harvest we've ever had, yet we are thankful for what you have given. We recognize, Lord, and we confess that we don't deserve any of your blessings. It is all of your mercy. It is all of your goodness that our labors in the fields and our labors wherever we are called to work have been blessed. And so, Lord, we, like the leper, the tenth leper, we return to give you thanks also for this blessing in Christ's name. We give thanks, too, for safekeeping, also with the, the busy harvest season when there's so much machinery and so much potential of serious injury and even death, yet Lord, we have been spared, we, and we give thanks for that. 
We pray that you would continue to spare us also in whatever harvesting needs to be done yet still. We thank you for the jobs that we've been able to do, for the money that we've been able to earn. We take it so easily for granted, Lord. But these, bless- these blessings too are, are from your hand, even the ability to buy food. It's not always easy, especially with the rising prices that we've seen in the past year. And yet you have provided us with what we needed. And even in many cases, more than what we need. We give thanks for health and strength. We give thanks for hearing prayers, for healing, for recoveries, for good news from a physical perspective. And you've answered many of those prayers. So we give thanks, Lord, for that. Even all the times we were just mildly sick, it is you that healed us. And we give you the praise and the glory. We do pray for those, again, who are struggling still against sickness. We pray for healing for them. We also pray that their faith in Christ would grow stronger and not weaker in this trial. We thank you for the relative freedom and safety and peace that we've experienced here in where we live, that we enjoy here. How many people, how many, how many people in the world live in fear of their lives, Lord? We, we, we hear of it on the news even now. We cannot imagine what it's like to have a, an army of 100,000 amassing outside of our border. Lord, we, we, we have been blessed with so much. We can walk around in relative, feeling relatively safe and free, free to worship, free to come to church, to hear your word, to read your word, to ta- talk to others about the Lord Jesus. There's no soldiers gathering outside of the church building, no policemen, Lord, to put a stop to our worship, to outlaw it. Lord, you have given us these things and we give you thanks for these blessings. We pray for our brothers and sisters who do not have such freedom. You would keep them and be their shield and their refuge. We thank you, O Lord, too, for our government. We thank you for, though we have many concerns, we can have many concerns, yet there is much good that is done through government. And we thank you for all that has been done also in this past year. We thank you for all the blessings of family that many of us have. Family, we know, is one of your good gifts. It's something you created, you instituted in the, in the beginning when you brought Adam and Eve together. And Lord, we thank you for the families that we may be a part of, for our spouses, for our children and grandchildren, for our siblings, and for our parents and grandparents. We know too, Lord, that there can be many challenges in family life. And 
We do pray for those who are struggling in different ways, but we give thanks when there is love and respect for each other, and when there is support from each other, support that we may receive and, and support that we may give. Also, also spiritually. And in that way too, we thank you for our church family, Father. Family of whom, of the Father of whom we are named. We pray, we thank you for the love and the care that you have put in so many of our hearts, not just the love for God, but, but the love for each other. We thank you that we have been able to receive and to, ex- to express that love to others. We thank you for one another. For, we thank you for our senior members, for the godly examples they set for us and that they are testimonies to us of the everlasting faithfulness of God. That the Lord is upright and there is no unrighteousness in him. Help us to learn. Help us to learn much from them. We give thanks for all of our congregation, parents, couples, singles, young people, children. Oh Lord, you have blessed us in so many ways so richly and we pray that, that we would respond with true thanksgiving and grow in that in our own lives and as a church. We give thanks for our elders and deacons and the love that they have for your word and the love and the care they show for your people. We give thanks for those who teach our children in, in Sunday school and, and catechism and in Christian schools and those who serve in Christian schools. Give thanks for those who, who educate their children at home and seek to do so in a way that honors you. Lord, this is all blessings from your hands. And we thank you for all who serve in the church in different ways. Encourage each of them, Lord. Help them to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that their labor is not in vain in the Lord. We give thanks. We've already given thanks for the children that are a part of our congregation, but we also give especially thanks for those who have been born this past year and also have been baptized. Lord, we, we know that you are the one who gives life and And so we give thanks for that and we thank you for your promises to them. How you come so close in baptism and sign and seal that gospel promise. Help us as parents to to remind our children often of the willingness of God to be their God. That they would embrace him too by faith early in life. We give thanks for the confessions of faith earlier this year. We give thanks for the weddings that were held and the couples that were joined together in marriage. All these things, O Lord, are your gifts to us. It's all your work. We give thanks, O Lord, especially for your word and for the gifts of the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, the means of grace, the means by which as your word being the means by which faith is worked and strengthened and the sacraments being the means by which our faith is strengthened. 
Lord, what a gift that is when we consider how we have treated the Lord, how we have treated you, O God, in this past year. What a mercy it is. What a mercy it is that we can be here even today and read your word and reflect on it, meditate on it together and be fed and nourished by your grace. Truly, O Lord, you have not dealt with us according to our sins and not rewarded us according to our iniquities. We have done nothing to deserve all the blessings you have given. It is all for Christ's sake. It is in and through him that we have been blessed in so many ways. And it's in and through him that we can anticipate even greater blessing in the future. The best is yet to come. And so, Lord, as we close, we give thanks for Jesus Christ, for your Son, whom you gave, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That you gave him and that he came so willingly though he was rich yet for our sakes he became poor that we through him might be made rich that we through him might be cleansed that we through him might become righteous before God and accepted We give thanks for this unspeakable, indescribable gift, Jesus Christ. And we give thanks in his name. Amen. Let's close with singing Psalter 277, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 6.